Hello and welcome to episode four of the Everyday Problems podcast. Who'd have thought all those many months ago that when two depressed blokes got together for a coffee, it would end up in a podcast giving you hours of useful conversation. Well, we hope it's useful. It's certainly been useful for us and it would still have a ton of stuff to continue sharing with you. For today's episode, we thought we'd give Liam a day off and instead I, Tom Corneal, am going to talk to Sally Jennings, a life coach. In our previous episode, where Liam and I talked about five top tips to feeling better, one of the things that came up was the topic of life coaching. We talked about it in just a little bit of detail on that show, but today we wanted to explore a little bit more what does it mean, how can it help you, and at what point in your life might you decide to go talking to a life coach. Before we get started, a quick but a very big thank you to the patrons out there who by paying a little bit each month are helping to cover the costs of this podcast so that we can continue bringing it to you. If you're finding this podcast useful or entertaining, remember to go to patreon.com forward slash Tom Corneal. That's patreon.com forward slash Tom Corneal. I'll put the link in the show notes. And that's where you can read up about how you can support this podcast and other projects that are going on at the moment. Supporting us could be for as little as less than a cup of coffee per month. And each contribution goes a really, really long way. So please contribute, tell your friends. And without further ado, here's today's podcast. Shall I just go for it? Certainly. Thanks for inviting me, first of all, Tom. It's good to be here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm so grateful you could uh, you could give the time. This is um this is a, a subject that's actually become increasingly important to me over the last few years, and currently is of of huge significance. And I, I think that um there's uh, there's still some. I think people are still slightly mystified by what exactly is life coaching. I say people, not all people, but I think to a lot of people it still seems feels a bit like a dark art and they don't know where to start with it i hope i'm not being unfair there but what i'm what i would like to do because i found it so useful just as a human being more than anything but particularly at times when i've felt feelings of stronger self doubt or low mood symptoms and and things it's been extremely helpful for me so the sort of people that might be listening to our podcast i think would strongly benefit from talking to a life coach at some point in their life possibly now maybe one for future reference so i'm really really grateful for you coming in on today's podcast thank you sal and um and i've got some questions for you so starting with this might be an easy one how long have you been a life coach for? Okay, Tom, well, about 10 or 11 years ago, I trained as a life coach. But in some ways, I feel like I've been life coaching a lot longer. With the rest of my career, I can see now that I bought in skills that were very life coachy and also, you know, in the rest of my life. So um, my background has always been working with people. And I think I've naturally been sort of coaching them along the way and I can tell you a little bit more about that maybe as we move along <laughs> absolutely thanks Al. and and um and I know we've spoken many times by now that um you, you've you've had lots of other really interesting jobs and I can I can totally see what you're referring to and I'm, I'm sure that we'll probably come up on some of those as we go through and if we don't perhaps we'll have time for, for that at the end that kind of leads on to the next question which is maybe the I was conscious what I wanted to do here is to make sure that people understand 
when it's appropriate and that um, that it's a good idea for anyone to to speak to a life coach. But the question that I wanted to put to you was what sort of people generally come to a life coach for help and why might they do that? That's a really interesting question, Tom, because life coaching is almost like the gift you give to yourself, really, mm. because it's, it's a voyage of self-discovery and um, we can all learn more from understanding ourselves understanding the blocks that we have and the limiting self-beliefs and really understanding how our minds work um, it's what some people call um, brain hacks or mind hacks if you just understand some of those it's it's amazing how uplifting it can be and um, so to answer your question what sort of people come along for life coaching because i've been doing it quite a while I would see almost a bit of a change, if you like, in the kind of people coming along. So um, when I was coaching a long time ago, very often it would be um, quite big achievers. Um, CEOs I'd be coaching, um, sports people, musicians, people that see themselves as high achievers and in fact you know, in many ways had been seen by society as quite successful in life, but then somehow had a missing piece and felt like even though they'd achieved this, there was something missing. Those sort of people um, obviously still come for life coaching, but I see now more of a movement, a little bit more like America, which is really where it came from, where it's more something that... Um, kind of all of us in an everyday sense are, are, are coming to a life coach for. I'm currently coaching um, a young man in um, Canada who's, um, I guess he's, he's a kitchen porter. He's not on a very high wage. Mm -hmm. He was struggling with a few issues in his life. And his first immediate thought was to come for a life coach. It's quite normal in America and Canada to, you don't need a therapist, yeah. so you go get a life coach. And this just helps you talk through things and understand where you can improve life a little bit to, you know, get yourself to, um, to your goals or to get yourself to a better version of your life. So when you're looking at what kind of people, the kind of age range is quite quite big <laughs> I guess the eldest I've, I've worked with is a lady who is 92 wow. and, um, and the and the youngest is I mean for legal reasons 18 although I have worked with the local authority and kids as young as 16 but generally with my own life coaching practice now um, for legal reasons I work with 18 mm -hmm. 18 year old children um, and um, there are people that are achievers and there are people that feel that they could achieve more. So they feel that I'm not reaching my potential. I would say another group of people are people that are somehow in transition. So it may be that something's ended in their life. They have a space and they're ready to move on. So it may be a career change. It may be the end of a relationship. It may be that they're moving somewhere geographically and want to sort of work through that. Um, and it may be that they have a specific goal in mind. 
um, and and that's and and life coaching was very known to be goal orientated. Can talk about that maybe later on. Um, so there's a great variety of um, people that I work with, um, and obviously you know men and women. So that sounds like I. It's such a vague and wishy-washy question. So when I actually look at who I coach, the one thing they've all got in common is that I have great admiration for them. Um, because to look at yourself and examine your own life, it's not always an easy thing to do. Um, so I'd say that they're very, um, that they're just people that I greatly admire and um and that's a, a really good a really good starting point. They always have my um, yeah greatest admiration. Really, that's a that's a really kind way of uh, of looking at, at the people that you work with, Sal. And and I know from experience that you you really mean that as well. And um, the, there's a lot in the, what you've just said there that um, that we could. I feel like this is a subject that we we could talk about for for absolutely hours. Um, but um, when you mentioned very briefly a, a moment ago, you touched on therapy. You felt that uh, that the, the chap in Canada, for example, didn't necessarily need therapy, but just needed some help in terms of where he's going next. And the fact that this is something that comes from um, America. I know for me, I, as someone who has, far from lumping them together, but as someone who has experience in the past, uh, counseling where it was around grief and I've um, experienced I've undergone therapy when I was um, going through a particularly prolonged low patch and I was suffering with depression and anxiety and stress counseling obviously focuses very much on on a past event or series of events and, and therapy perhaps is more of a, a coping thing I felt personally that I needed some help looking forwards and and maybe cope, coping a bit with the now but also okay so that that's great so I'm sort of coming to peace with things that have happened before I'm not all the way there yet but I've done some work on that but I knew at the time when I contacted you and in fact you are the second life coach that I've worked with I, I spoke to another one a few years ago who was phenomenally helpful and at a different phase in my life and um I just felt like I needed a, a new voice after a, a little break and I, I spoke to you because you had actually helped someone who's very close to me as well and had a huge impact on their life and I was at a period of transition. Uh, I'm happily talking about this by the way um, and I was leaving a job after a very very long time, leaving a career after a very long time in it and as I've done so, I plan to move forward, but I've realised that with one change, often many other changes come because you you end up focusing in on your own life and looking at what your priorities are, what's still important to you, what's changed and things like that. So certainly for me, um, it's been, I came to you really for a bit of... Um, I can't remember the words I used when we first spoke, but I felt, first of all, I needed a bit of a buffer, a bit of a protection, because I knew when I was leaving my job, I was going to need a little bit of buoyancy. I needed someone to, to, a bit of a mentor to help me get through that, because it was I was leaving my job not to go to a new job, but to start completely afresh on creative projects and 
without the salary, etc. So I felt that um, perhaps speaking to a life coach would be a great way of giving me a little bit of body armour, I guess, to, to help get me through the, the tough bit. And I have found that our conversations are so um, motivating and uh, fill me with such enthusiasm that I've found that they were, they've were they been important not just to get me through the initial period, but they're still helping me find direction and redefine things now. Uh, the one thing that I did just want to say, which I think is really important, um, and I think you'll agree with this, Sal, as well, is that there's never a single time in the whole time we've been working together, I think I started speaking to you in January, and, and we may have started sometime after that, um, so in, in the four or five months that we've really worked together, not a single time have you ever told me what to do. And that that is really important because um, you and and likewise with with the other life coach that I, that I work with, who was who was brilliant. You know that the answer to whatever the question is, is usually within the individual and what you've helped me to do is by just asking really good questions and going through the occasional exercise help me to actually admit to myself what that answer is you've never kind of um led me you've you're I'm trying to find the right words for this you you do guide but you get me to bring the answers out and i know that that's how good coaching works is that you don't provide the answers you just help us find the answers for ourselves and that's that for me is is why it feels so authentic because I I know that any decision I make it's always mine but you just kind of help to get there yeah I think the imagery there that's really good is to think of a life coach as having kind of two tools main ones one of them is like a mirror to hold up <laughs> so that the client can see actually their own truth sure and another one is very often is is a is a light a, a big torch to shine into the future at various possibilities yeah and and sometimes we need that you can be like a cheerleader as well alongside people mm -hmm. like you said a buffer it's really important but the the main thing you so craigly touched on tom was that it's always the life coach's job to um help assist the client to find their own answers because that you know we are not as life coaches an expert in your lives we can't sure. be we're only an expert in our own lives um uh, but our expertise is in holding that space for you to find that um the answers that you need and and mm. we all have them in fact, you know, many times people come to me and say, okay, Sal, so you're going to, you know, help me, tell me what to do. Um, you know, I'm going to pay you this money and you're going to tell me what to do. And, you know, you have to say, um, that's why initially I always have that um, free life coaching session mm -hmm. where the first part of that is explaining what life coaching is and what it isn't. And the first thing to say is that it's not giving somebody the answers and very often people are a bit disappointed mm, sure. you ask them to hang on to the um 
the possibility that that might be right for them <laughs> and that they really do have the answers there. Yes, yeah. Um, and the answers are often in understanding their own mind and the way it works. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's not, it doesn't seem like that when we have a lot of noise in our heads. It doesn't seem, it seems like we're further away from any answers and knowing what to do. And especially when we feel stuck, yeah. Or we have these limiting beliefs that are holding us back. Yeah, yeah. All these things can make us feel like we definitely don't have the answer. So now I'm going to go and, and seek out somebody that's got the answers. Mm. And that, that brings us on to the differences between, which often people ask, you know, what is life coaching? What's the difference between a consultant and a counsellor? I actually trained as a counsellor in my 20s. Um, and like you so very rightly said, it's, um, it is more retrospective, it's more um, past-based, if you like, whereas life coaching does take you from where you are now to where you want to be, so it is goal-orientated mm-hmm. and it's future-focused. And the other important thing to say about life coaching is it's action-orientated. So you make actions every week. Yes with your with your um coach and they are your actions what would you like to do um how do you think this will move you nearer to your goal so you write down your actions and then when we meet in a week or two weeks you can see how you've got on with them and through this um you find out perhaps what the blocks are and Mm -hmm. you can also find the power in making yourself accountable so very often we set goals um, but because we don't feel accountable to ourselves Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get the motivation to actually stick to these actions the other thing that can happen is that a goal can feel quite overwhelming it feels like it's a little bit too much Mm -hmm. so we lose hope when we meet the first block along the way And perhaps later, if we've got time, Tom, it might be good maybe for anyone listening to give them a bit of value here to actually do some tips on on goal setting. Oh, great. And they wanted to write down maybe, you know, how they could just do, you know, a few little goals for themselves. Right. Uh, Do you know what? We will make time for that, because I think that sounds like a great idea. That's really helpful. And I, I can honestly say that. Um, to kind of touch on two of the points you've mentioned there, which join really neatly together, when you mentioned that it's sometimes difficult, even though we may have the answers, to be able to hear or identify those answers because of the noise, I think one thing that speaking with a life coach has done for me is it helps certainly within the session but also in the time that follows it to cut the noise out because you're actually spending some dedicated time talking to someone about the important stuff the alternative is you're kind of thinking about these important things but you're thinking about them while the tv is on or while you're halfway through your work or you're halfway through a conversation with someone or you know whatever it might be and for me just to actually dedicate a little bit of time to actual conversation really cuts out that noise and gets me to focus on it and in terms of the actions then we always Um, as we go through the session I will jot down things that feel important and you'll always ask me at the end of the session what actions have I written down for myself and and I would 
the vast majority of the time, the actions that I leave a session with are things that came completely from me and you just ask me what they are. So again, it, it for me, that feels so much more authentic and real because it doesn't feel like this is being copied from a textbook. It's all from within me and that, that, that feels great. It feel, feels a lot more um, doable. So the actions, and, and I think I've talked about this on, on previous podcasts with, um, with Liam, um, but one important thing, um, should a person be... Uh, listening to this right now or speaking to the life coach at a time when or for help with they're experiencing um, low mood conditions of any kind although rest and recovery is super super important and isn't a crime and we must make time for it and that's a big theme in our podcast that we talk about quite a lot one of the other things that we've touched on a few times is knowing when you must find the strength to take a bit of action and I think that the actions at the end of one of these, um, at the sessions that I do with you, they're so important. I know that because I've written them down and I've told you what they are, you're going to ask me about them next week. And they're only little things, but they yeah. make such a difference. And uh, that accountability makes me do them and therefore I make progress forwards, which is great. Yeah. Can I just say that if anyone's listening, they're not in a position to either go forward with a life coach or, you know, that's that's not where they want to go right now. But that accountability is so important. Mm -hmm. And so if there is something that you do want to do, there's two things there that you've said that could actually help people now, which is making a space just to think about these things. Think about what's important to you right now so so cut that noise out like you said that's why some people find meditating so important we have now a lot of efficacy it's been proven to help um quieten the mind and be in the moment like mindfulness maybe we can come on to that later but the main thing is to make space so that you can kind of get in touch with that intuition or that inner voice the the kind of knowing you know that that knows what what, what you really do want and maybe write down what's important to you hmm. so that could be a really good exercise for anybody listening and it's very difficult to make time in our lives for that usually but almost the times that we've been thrust into do give us time to um to look at things and perhaps have that time and use that time so just taking a little time to do that Okay, if you're not working with a life coach, you know, writing things down or journaling can be really helpful. That's really, really helpful, Sal. And actually, so that you'd lead neatly on to the next question um, that I'd written down, which was, can you spend a couple of minutes just telling us about some of the kind of techniques that might be used as well as just the talking that you might use when you're working with a client okay Tom so you know we have touched on some of them basically it's a it's what they call a talking therapy which I think is better described as a listening therapy as far as the life coach is concerned so you listen hold the space ask some very powerful questions um, which elicits some very powerful answers from your client. And that's the most important thing, building this rapport 
and um, being alongside your client to really hear what they're saying. I like to call it intuitive coaching. So I never know before a session and I never like to go to a session with today we're going to do this mm-hmm. and I'm going to because you just don't know where somebody's going to be. So it's yeah, holding the space I like to think about, asking deep, powerful questions. Um, there is, um, I suppose I've trained in, um, like many life coaches, a lot of different things in my time, including things like NLP, neurolinguistic programming, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CBT, that can help in reframing some things. So sometimes when we look at something that's happened in the past and we put a negative frame on it, we might just be able to put it a new frame around it, call it something different, look at it in a little bit of a different way, which might then be helpful to carry it through to our current time and into the future rather than having it as something negative so cbt has as it has a really good element to it that's sometimes used in life coaching there's other elements such as the the goal setting which we're going to come on to sometimes um so it all depends where people are in their life we might start by looking at the um pillars of health you know which you'll be familiar with with your um podcast you know all the um, making sure that the um, the sleep and the yeah. exercise, the relaxation, the nutrition, um, the social connection, the giving back, all the areas, the hydration even, you know how hydration can affect your thinking and your, you know, your mind. So all these kind of things, what we call the pillars of health, might be worth looking at or asking your client to look at and then seeing if they've got any goals around there. And again, taking these small steps to move forward. Um, There's, I'm very interested in, you know, the current steps in neuroscience. um, And most, you know, modern life coaches are, because it's so important to um, look at the impact of the uh, discoveries now in neuroscience mm-hmm. and understanding the plasticity of the brain. Mm. So it's not it's not um, a static, you know, um, it's not a static thing. It changes, and the fact that it can change is really empowering. Um, another area that I'm really fascinated by and find really empowering is the area of epigenetics. So anyone listening that wants to look that up, it's like genetics with the epi in front. And basically, that's a very complex um, area to look at. But it um, is basically looking at how the, um, the science, the biological mechanism of how the genes are switched on and off and how we are not um, slaves of our genetic makeup anymore, that we can actually impact our own health, even the, um, the length of our life and the quality of our life by how we live today. And how we live today are the choices that we make. So it can be the food we eat Um, how much exercise we take, the people that are around us, how we think and the actions that we take. All these things 
um, if you look up the, the whole area of epigenetics, you will suddenly feel so empowered, Tom, as you mm -hmm. probably know. Um, and, and it makes you feel like you can actually change areas of your life that you really didn't know you could. As you know, my background's nursing, mm -hmm. and I've met a lot of people through my nursing days that really did feel enslaved by their genetic makeup, by the fact that they had this terrible genetic history where their aunts and uncles or dads died young from, from something awful, you mm -hmm. know. But now we know, science tells us that we can change, we can empower ourselves by changing our lives. And I find that really, personally, I feel it's so important with life coaching and makes it all so much more worthwhile. That's that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, the fact that you've touched on so many, so many, many areas there, I hope that some of that resonated with every listener, if not all of it, that there's something, there's really something there for everyone. And it's, it's all connected. There's no... Um, there's no rights or wrongs. I know from speaking with you before we discussed the, the fact that some techniques work better for certain situations or certain people and, and things like that. And, and there's um, more uh, that I know I know that there are more techniques There's probably another um, another chat between you and I in this at, at some point. You touched on something there, Sal, that I, I just wanted to kind of illustrate it was only last night I was speaking, I'm about to get horribly out of my depth on a topic that I know very little about, but has always fascinated me. So please, and anyone who's listening to this cringing, thinking oh, he's not, he's not quite sure what he's talking about, um, forgive me. I was talking to a friend last night who is um, a social worker, who was explaining, who was talking to me um, about the autistic mind and working with autistic children and who was explaining that that there's long been a belief and this is certainly what I learned in in college when I was studying psychology that someone who uh, suffers with autism and therefore has a problem with theory of mind which is yeah. on one level at least a kind of a lack of um, understanding of social cues or, or empathy I'm sure I've way oversimplified that again sorry to my more learned learned friends out there but I at the time when I was learning about that there was no kind of indication that that could be resolved that the person could work around that and it was kind of understood that if a person is suffering with autism and does have those issues that they're not going to come back from that and that actually there are techniques out there um, for for that particular topic he was talking about learning where through very very concentrated time with that person they can teach uh, the autistic person to use perhaps other pathways or other methods of recognition and behavior to overcome some of those difficulties and that there are people who were sort of early adopters of this who've seen results where the person uh, shows very very few signs of that autism which was once quite severe so I know that's very specific and that's not really what we're talking about today but for me just the fact that we are learning now in in science and, and as people that you can fix the brain is just unbelievable all we have to do is is try harder for a start but also that the fact what I took from it that was really encouraging is there is always a way around 
and we just have to be willing to put the time in and take the action and for anyone who's listening to this I think that's really really important that there is always a way around yeah I think the idea that we have this plasticity of the brain is so hopeful like you said with with autism there are very few things that um psychiatric um psychological conditions that cannot be improved and um we we have now amazing scanners the fmri scanners or functional mri scanners are able to look at things in the current time so um so researchers can study the impact of different things on the brain in the current moment and that has meant that science has moved on so much um, in understanding how new neural pathways are made and one thing just to, to go back to I often see with my clients when they make um, a new connection for example a um, what people call a light bulb moment they go ah that's why I'm doing that that's why when so you ask the powerful question yeah. they've actually known now that that's a new neural pathway being made when you're connecting one thing with another and but when you do this a lot Tom you can see people change you can and I as you know I do nearly all my coaching now as I did before on zoom Mm-hmm. But I can see by watching people, when they've got that, when they've changed, their voice changes, yeah. their expression changes. And this is so hopeful um, for anyone that's listening that feels hopeless about their situation, that feels really stuck where they are. Sure, sure. Um, I think if if there's nothing else from this podcast... I'd like people to go away with a feeling of hope. You know, the brains can change, your behaviour can change. It starts with the thinking, Mm -hmm. um, and you're never as stuck as you think you will be. You know, you you don't have to stay in that stuckness. You really don't. Um, So I do, you know, feel like I have a few more things that's just reminded me talking to you. Um, So how do you... Um, when you make a, a new change, you've got this new neural pathway, this connection, um, and you're moving away from perhaps old negative behaviours, mm-hmm. um, these old pathways that have been very embedded. Um, and we know about the human mind that um, we like what's familiar. We will always move to the behaviour that's most familiar to us. Um so moving to something that's different, to a different pattern or a different way of thinking, it is quite difficult. And it there's some discomfort there, isn't there? Yes. So we'd rather stay sometimes even in stuckness when we know it's not good for us. And um, so things like, um, you know, having a, um, a mantra or an affirmation which you can repeatedly say to yourself can be very helpful because it repeats the positive thing again and again. And that's why people find those very useful. 
you know, sometimes they listen to them on tapes mm -hmm. or they put those positive messages to themselves around um, on post-it notes or, you know, lipstick on their mirror yeah, know, yeah. Or, or whatever their, their, their message to themselves is. Once you've discovered, you know, that you can put those messages up on your phone, on your computer and around and they will keep reminding you and build up the strength of that new, more positive way of thinking for yourself. Perfect. So I just wanted to share that. So there are the other techniques that are often used in life coaching that I find I encourage clients to do. Meditating, mindfulness, mm -hmm. which is just being in the moment. So that's rather than um, worrying about the past, things we've all done wrong, um, or you know, anxiety about the future, the future events that we don't know what's going to happen, but we create, you know, a series of um, negative and, and stressful things about the future that might happen. Um, and staying in the moment can be very comforting, mm -hmm. comforting in that breath that you're alive, you have a roof over your head, your belly's full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just just staying with that is is a really good place to be when when the world gets um full of anxiety or worry so i think that's kind of covered a, a lot of the techniques anyway Fantastic. Apart from the other area that i use which is personal to me so this is kind of separate from life coaching but i personally find the fusion of this very powerful so like i said i have I've had a long journey through my um, experiences and my jobs and my trainings, but I've come now to um, to work with something called EFT. And if I could very briefly tell anyone listening what that's about, Tom, if you have time. So um, EFT or um, tapping is, is, is where you um, tap on the meridian points um, and you send signals to the amygdala, which is the um, part of the brain that deals with stress, the flight and fight responses. And um, by saying uh, certain, certain words, you can actually lower your stress response. And um, so you bring up what is um, uh, negative for you. And you can basically tap on it. And um, so I won't go into lots of detail, but I find it very powerful. There's now lots of efficacy about this. So it's almost like um, something more modern with um, some Chinese energy uh, working with meridians. It's like the kind of acupuncture that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I like to teach it to my clients or work with my clients to um, take away any blocks they have, especially when it comes to limiting beliefs. Um, it's really very good for um, uh, things like PTSD, working with pain, um, and, um, and anything where there's a lot of fear around anxiety. Um, it can be very powerful working with those things. So that's me personally. These are the most powerful tools I've come to find, life coaching and this emotional freedom technique or EFT, also known as tapping. So they're all my techniques, I think. That's the sound that's...
That's brilliant. And I'm sure there are probably more, but that's absolutely wonderful. And um, I mean, for the EFT, I keep in, in my head, I keep thinking of is ENT, that's ear, nose and throat. That's completely, that's, <laughs> that's got nothing to do with it. As an ex-nurse, you will know. Um, EFT, um, it's something that we have looked at a little bit in my own sessions. And th that's a classic one of those things where a bit of an open mind because most people probably won't have done anything like that before might find it a little bit different and a, not not quite scary but um wonder what where's this going and actually yeah. it's another one of those things which if you go with it if you're willing to try it it can be so so helpful so i i, I really think approach approach all of these things with an open mind um but but certainly i i definitely found that and other things helpful so i just want to um th there's uh we've kind of covered some of the other things that i was going to ask you in in the course of answering the other questions um i want i think it'd be really important to to talk about um the goal setting um before we go that that you you mentioned that you would like to put in my last question was going to be which kind of leads into that but this might be to I, I know that each person and each situation will be slightly different but could you would you be able to tell us what is your goal when you begin coaching someone yeah that's a really good question i like to think that um even in my daily life everybody that crosses my path is better for having crossed it it's how i like to live my life with my life coaching um, the most important um, thing is to create this rapport and this safe space for people. Because if the safe space is not created, then I don't think any of this real truth will come out for people, where they can discover the journey basically to live in their better life or know like the Americans call it the better version of themselves you know which is which is where where we want to get to um, it needs to be a place where you know if I if I do put forward something um, and and say is that what you're trying to say Tom and you can come back to me and say actually Sal no that's not what I said or that's not what I meant I like to have that rapport not where people are feeling in any way they have to go along with it or um, you know they can't share something with me that's very deep and very precious they need to feel that they've chosen the right person to work with mm -hmm. and just very briefly on that I was reading a paper the other day which said you know regardless of your the therapy you choose albeit um, psychotherapy counseling you know, angel therapy, doesn't matter what you choose, life coaching, the most important thing that they found, which is um, the influence of the outcome of success, is the therapist themselves. The person you choose to work with will be the biggest single um, influencer in as to whether you find that thing successful or not. Wow. And that's why most... Um, I don't know if counsellors do it, but certainly you'll find a lot of life coaches will give you a session for free. Some is only half an hour, um, some is longer. I take an hour with the initial clients because I don't want to feel that I don't connect with that mm -hmm. client either because we'll basically both be wasting our time. Sure. Um, so it's holding that space, 
um, I want them to feel that I'm on their side and um, I suppose my I didn't really talk about what I'd done, but as you know, it comes from nursing, working with homeless. I've had my own business, and I've I've worked with people for a long time, like throughout my career, basically. Sure, sure. I've now, in the last decade or so, come to still wanting to make the biggest impact in the world, and that's why I've chosen life coaching over everything. Mm -hmm. So my commitment to my clients is so complete. I have a vested interest in their success yeah. and them feeling better than they did when than when they started with me. I want them to go off from this experience feeling um, kind of with a smile in their head and um, joy in their heart. If you if you want to sum it up, I guess that's great. And and that's I mean that's who who wouldn't want that? Frankly, um, that's a great way of summing it up. So so we've kind of come to the end of the things that I wanted to ask you are there uh, well first thing I will say that I will be adding to um, I always put an, an intro and an outro on these things afterwards and I'll make a point of mentioning where people can get hold of you and the fact that you conduct your a lot of your sessions if not most of your sessions online so people don't have to be even in the country to, to work with you which is I've found fantastic and and certainly no less effective for, for speaking online we've never actually met in per in person which now feels weird because I feel like we know each other pretty well um is there before we kind of go cut to the end of the session is there anything that you wanted to leave listeners with um, well, I thought it might be useful that if people are listening, they and they they always associate um, life coaches with goals. That I could just do a little bit of goal setting. Please do. And people ready? Yeah. So, um, to set a clear goal, um, the the first thing to do is make sure it's your goal. So really ask yourself. Um, is this my goal or is this something that I want for someone else? So sometimes society says that we should maybe, you know, lose a few pounds or get fitter. Is this something you really want? Um, and when it is, write it down in a sentence, pick, pick um, a, a date in the future and say, I am, so you can imagine yourself doing it or being there or having it. The next thing to do is to um, to to break it down into some manageable steps, some stepping stones, if you like, and that's so that it doesn't feel too overwhelming. So next stage, break this down. The third stage is to um, look at who's going to support you with this. So who is going to be your team? Your team might be somebody online that you listen to like yourselves. It might be a podcast might include your best friend or your mum. It might include your dog because he motivates you to go out for walks regularly. So so who who is your team? Write down your team because when you're feeling a bit low, you might want to look at that team and feel you really have got support there. And again, what we were talking about earlier, Tom, share that with them. Share your goal because it helps make you accountable, which will lead to your success. Then the next thing is to look at um, the barriers. So look briefly at what barriers might you have to, um, to achieving your goal. And then finally, look at that goal, put it around your, your room or on your phone or computer um, so you can see it regularly and you can motivate yourself towards it. And um, 
orient and test your orientation towards that goal quite regularly. So in a very brief summary, I think that might give some listeners some tips on to, um, to how to go forward with their goals. Hope that's helpful. Sal, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for that. We've covered a, a lot in what was actually a, a short space of time. And uh, I would encourage listeners to, to go back and listen again once you've heard this, actually, because I'm sure that there's probably um, a lot of detail in there that would be useful to you. Well, I think all that is left is to say a huge thank you to Sal Jennings. She's been wonderfully helpful to me. And I know that she and other coaches like her could be massively helpful to many, many, many more people than realise out there. So do check the show notes. I'm going to put her details up as well as another coach in the West Country who's been helpful to me in the past. I hope you found this really useful, guys. And apologies for the odd sound glitch there. We are still in lockdown at the time of recording and we're still trying to find our way around some of the little obstacles that come with remote recording. Take care and uh, good luck with those everyday problems. Mm -hmm.